At Norfolk Southern, safety is our number one priority. It's a way of life and one of our guiding principles. Our safety program extends beyond our rail operations into the communities where we live and work. As your transportation provider and your neighbor, we strive to be safety leaders in both the workplace and at home. That's our culture. Our OR program, which stands for Operation Awareness and Response, was launched in 2015 to educate the public about the economic importance of the safe movement of hazardous materials by rail and to connect emergency first responders in Norfolk Southern communities with information and training resources. The goal of OR is to strengthen relationships with the first responders across our 22-state network. Norfolk Southern has been providing safety training for emergency responders through community outreach programs for years. OR builds on those efforts, focusing on closer relationships with local and state agencies, increased training opportunities, tabletop drills and participation in full-scale exercises, and providing better resources for emergency responders, such as the Ask Rail mobile app that allows first responders to use their mobile phones to look up commodity and response information on shipments. As part of our OR program, we use a safety train with a dedicated locomotive, specially equipped classroom boxcars, and several tank cars for additional hands-on training along our lines. If you're interested in learning more about OR or our popular first responder training, visit our website, nscorp.com. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Hi, welcome to the AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. I'm Matt Greller with AIM, and today we have a great guest with us, a Southern Indiana mayor from the birthplace of Indiana's favorite, one of Indiana's favorite sons, I guess I should say, John Mellencamp. We have with us today, Seymour Mayor Matt Nicholson. Mayor, welcome to the podcast. Matt, thanks for uh, inviting me to be on. It's uh, an honor to be here. You know, Mayor, we talked a lot on the podcast about quality of place programs and initiatives, and we'll get into those and talk about some great stories that's happening uh, in in Seymour and other areas around the state. But before I I get to those, let's talk a little bit about you and and your approach to your role. Uh, You're finishing up your first term as mayor. You're getting ready to start your second term unopposed here in a few weeks in the, the fall elections. Um, what brought you to this position and interest in being mayor? So I, I had a boss way back when I was a teenager that uh, encouraged us to be involved in our communities. Uh, he would actually pay us to serve on a board. Uh, didn't really matter what the board was, but you know, you got an hour, hour and a half a month that he would allow you to go out and, and be a part of the community. So with that, uh, you know, I got to know a lot about our community over the, the 10 years that I worked for him and, Thanks to that, uh, it led on to um, following through with a dream, if you will. Um, had a middle school teacher that uh, substituted for a while, used to be at State House, that uh, shared all of his time as being mayor with us. 
so that led to a lot of good stories. So the the two together uh, led to me finally taking the plunge and running for uh, city council first, and right. then turning around and uh, after Mayor Ludeman decided he was done running for mayor. The cool background. What was the uh, the job when you were a teenager? I actually worked in a bike shop. Um, was the one of his mechanics. Ended up being his manager for several years. Um, but yeah, he he very much believed in community and everybody should be involved and 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 we were. <laughs> Speaking of the bike shop, uh, you, is that the same bike shop that you ended up owning? No, so we actually uh, he had some health issues. Uh, they went one way after my first daughter was born. About a year later, I gave myself a a three hundred and sixty five day deadline and. Uh, when that time came around, we set out to do our own thing um, and did that for almost 20 years uh, prior to serving as mayor. That's really cool uh, background. I'd say it's probably the the only mayor in the state, at least in my experience in, in history, working with AIM that uh, that's owned a bike shop and used that as a catalyst to be, become, uh, become mayor. You also talk about uh, at least I've heard you talk about a number of times walking to work as often as you can, mm -hmm. sort of taking a, an inventory of the city as you head in in the morning. Is that something you still do? And uh, what what's that like for you and what do you use it for? Uh, well, I mean, honestly, it's kind of that moment to get your your blood flowing and your your brain loosened up a little bit, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, you guys in Indianapolis, just the walk from the parking lot might be as far as it is from my house to, to the office. So, uh, but yeah, I still ride my bike to work, uh, not as much as I did. Um, you know, sometimes there's things I've got to get the car for a little sooner, but, uh, walk to work, bike to work, um, still spend a lot of time on the bike. Um, you get to know the potholes in the road pretty well when you're, you're pedaling across them versus driving across at 35 miles an hour. That's good stuff. Last uh, sort of personal question, I guess, or interesting question. You uh, are an avid user of social media. In fact, I don't follow many people on, on TikTok, but you're one of them. And almost every day we get a quote of the day from Mayor Nicholson. What uh, what started that? So uh, I, I've always been big on quotes, I guess, is where I'll start with that the thought process. But always loving quotes, sharing quotes uh, when I come across a good one. Um, you know, as time went by, the short video became a very popular format for a lot of things. So a little over a year ago now, I started every day. I record a quote of the day, try to make it something positive, something a little upbeat. Uh, once in a while, you'll catch me with something that's a, uh, maybe not as positive, but I try to make sure it puts on a good start to your day. Uh, but I record those every day and uh, get them posted up to five or six different social medias. And I think that may have even been, uh, you know, down at the AIM conference a couple of years ago. The reason I was the uh, um, influencer of the day, I think, was what you titled it. So um, you'll be proud to know, though, every time you see one of those quotes uh, where it appears like I've got a backdrop, that ring light that you guys awarded me that day is still in use. All right. Well, that's good to know. Uh, and you're up early. I've noticed that you're always up I, early. I am a morning person. <laughs> Try to get out after it early in the, in the day. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about Seymour. Uh, you know, the arts, I think, is something that it, you've truly embraced. The city's embraced. You know, everybody knows about the, the Mellencamp mural, but there's a lot more to the arts in Seymour than that. What's led you to believe this is 
invest this kind of investment really benefits your community and what are some of the things you have in store and have done recently so several years ago and this has probably been 15 years ago by this point uh gallup poll did a a survey why do you love your community um and the craziest part was road conditions were not in the top 10 um everybody seems to believe if you've got a bad road you're going to hate your place or if you've got a great road you're going to love it um, but it was not. But the number one was social offerings. Um, and with social offerings, it's very easy to go, OK, you know, you've got local productions. We've got Actors Community Theater here in Seymour. Um, you've got live music that falls very well into that. And we have an unbelievable amount of live music uh, between our local bars. And then uh, we've got a, a private uh, small concert venue, 100, 150 people, maybe at most. Um, then you turn around and we've got what what are called house concerts. Uh, we have national touring acts that will stop by to play for 20 bucks a head. Uh, we had a gal in just a few months ago that had just recently become a member of the uh, Grand Old Opry. Um, mm -hmm. So we get some pretty interesting musical stuff going on. Uh, you mentioned the Mellencamp mural. Uh, Pamela Bliss did a spectacular job on that one. Um, that was kind of our launch into the world of murals. Um, as usually happens, though, when you get one project starting to get close, the second project pops up instantly. Um, so we ended up with our second mural right almost at the same time as the first one. Uh, you know, the typical postcard, welcome to see more mural, if you will. Um, most towns have one. So, you know, everybody kind of kind of has that one. Uh, since then, though, uh, our Main Street organization has put up another mural that was a uh, throwback to the history of businesses in our community, right in the heart of downtown, 2nd and Chestnut. Uh, if you make it down for the 51st Oktoberfest next year, um, you'll be, have a chance to check it out right there at the, the heart, of, heart of the city, if you will. Um, new stuff, though, my Parks and Rec director is very big on trees, uh, but also very big on art. Uh, she has commissioned a mural every summer since she started. Uh, so now our bathrooms are a little more colorful than they used to be. All of them are interactive, though. We've got a turtle over at Shields Park that I absolutely just, I think it's awesome. It's, it's colorful. It's lively. The kids love to interact uh, next to it for pictures and stuff. Uh, but several of our parks now have uh, those murals going on. And just uh, in the last 10 days or so, we cut the ribbon on our newest mural, which is a 156-foot wall along State Highway 50. Um, or actually, I guess it's U.S. Highway 50. It's not State Highway. Um, but that is right on uh, Burkhart and 50 when you come into town off exit 50. Um, and that one is dedicated to the local arts. Um, the artist come to us last year and he said, I'd like to do a mural here. I've been dreaming of this wall since I was a teenager. Um, I want to give you a really good price, and I want to do something really interesting. Uh, so we asked him to give us several designs. He provided uh, three different designs for us to pick from. Committee sat down and went through it, and then we tweaked things a little bit um, in the course of that. So here we are now. We've got uh, many, many murals going on. Uh, we also have an up-and-coming downtown theater project that we're exploring at the moment, trying to get, get up and going. So we'll see if that uh, comes to life. I think it's got a pretty good chance, but you, you never know. Anything could happen. Um, but I still haven't answered your question as to why the arts, I guess. And I guess I kind of did right at the beginning. But, you know, if you give people a reason to love your community, they're going to want to stay there. They're going to come back after college, come back or stay after high school. 
Um, and it really kind of surprised me. We do an annual survey. Um, even number years is the survey for adults. Odd number years, the survey for teenagers. Um, in those surveys, we get a, a really good perspective. Always shocks me that the teens uh, say a lot of the same things that the adults do. Um, but at the same time, they're even more open to the arts, more open to helping us understand what it is they want to want to come back to, why it is they don't want to leave, and ultimately stop that brain drain with their input. So it's a long answer for a short question, Matt. Yeah, it's a great answer. I, it, you know, Seymour is a city of how many people? 21,569 at the last census. You know, I, I think that's pretty interesting to think about. I, I doubt there are many communities your size in the Midwest even that are placing that much of a focus on the arts. So it's really cool to cool to hear. Uh, you just mentioned teens. That's a good segue into to my next topic. Uh, your Mayor's Youth Council, I noticed on your website the other day that you just announced leadership for, for the Mayor's Youth Council. Uh, I know you've put a lot of time and effort into it. What uh, what are some of the outcomes and things you're hoping from that group? Uh, that group, they've been around four years. We started in 2020, um, just in time for COVID to pretty much shut us down <laughs> for the first season. Uh, but we've had them, this will be our fourth year. Uh, a lot of the kids have come back and done... Uh, our summer internship program that we adopted uh, two years ago now. Um, so it's a chance for the kids, though, to have a voice with City Hall. Um, this year, one of our big changes um, when we reviewed the notes from the end of last last season, one of our big changes was we gave everybody um, or we gave each board or committee um, as far as like City Council, Board of Zoning Appeals, Park Board, things like that. We gave one spot uh, dedicated to them as a, uh, a quasi board member, I guess is how I'll say it. Uh, they don't get to vote, obviously, um, but they do get a chance to serve uh, with their feedback during the meeting, um, ask questions, you know, I don't understand this part, how to, you know, help me understand it. Um, and that has led to some really good conversations after the fact. Um, it's been a great chance for us to educate even more. Um, but we always look at that feedback at the end of the seasons, uh, school starts to get out and go, okay, what did we miss this year that maybe we should have added? Um, obviously the field trip where we, where we let them run heavy equipment is a, a annual favorite. Um, you know, most kids don't ever get to run a backhoe or a trash truck or any of that stuff. So, um, and I don't blame them. I'm a big kid at heart too. So that's, that's always a good time. Um, but it's, it's been a, a learning experience for us. Um, every year, the group gets a little better, a little bit stronger. Um, that leadership returns from within the group as well. Um, so it's been a, a good experience for us as a community to to invest in that youth council, to invest in our youth that way. That's good to good to hear. Uh, your ears may have been burning yesterday. So I had a uh, a meeting with the speaker of the Indiana State Legislature in the Indiana House, and the topic of housing came up, and and he asked me to give him a you know an anecdotal quick snapshot of what's happening outside of Central Indiana uh, with housing. And I I talked a little bit about Seymour because I've heard you talk about some of the numbers in recent years of housing starts, new housing starts in Seymour, and how important that's been. So what's uh what's the state of affairs with housing in Seymour and uh, where do you see it heading? Uh, we need more. Um, I think everybody in the state has that problem. So, yeah. no, I mean, we did a housing study a few years back, um, and it was showing huge numbers annually. Um, obviously, we're never going to be able to quite get to that point. 
Um, and I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I'm wanting to say that we're somewhere around 700 housing starts uh, since the start of 2020. Um, of those, half have been um, permitted, and of those part that have been made it to the permit phase, uh, about two-thirds of those are completed. So we're making progress. Um, as far as what the future looks like, I mean, right now we've got a, a senior living project. Um, it's a very small project, 12 units. Uh, should be a good project, though, for the community. It's right off of downtown. Uh, great chance for one of our partners that's been here through a couple projects now uh, to get back in, update a historic building in the process. But always, uh, one of my goals this year was to meet with 52 developers. I'm in the mid-30s right now with my numbers. Uh, this week, though, I had another meeting with a developer as we were chatting. And the great part is after you've met with enough uh, of the same uh, business, I guess is how I'll word it. Um, it helps you understand quickly how to get to the root of the topic. Um, so we've been able to bypass all the short uh, conversation on the front end, the last four or five meetings, jump straight to the heart of the matter. Uh, but this gentleman, you know, fingers crossed, we can figure out how to make a project work with them. Um, you know, we are a little different possibly than some communities. We're not putting a ton of investment from the city side. Um, we are just providing a, a good space. We have jobs. We're working on the arts, working on those social offerings, trying to make sure that there's something for people to do as a reason to live here besides work. And, you know, we're just providing that uh, good atmosphere and forward momentum and not having to put a ton of taxpayer dollars into it. Um, but we've been lucky in that. Uh, that day will change, I'm sure. Um, I hope it's a long time off, and uh, but eventually we'll have to start uh, stepping up a little more there. You know, a lot of the national experts that I, I listen to or read about concerning local government, predicting a, a rebirth, if you will, of small to rural communities in the Midwest because of low cost of living, um, fewer climate issues, natural disaster issues. So, you know, I think communities like Seymour that have really prepped themselves to be ready for that growth, I think are in a great spot. So that's exciting, exciting to see. You know, another uh, big ticket item around the state these days and a very unique program, I think, to Indiana. And we, we owe a lot of thanks to Governor Holcomb and the team there is for Ready. Uh, the Ready Program. Seymour, I think in the first round, received $30 million in, in Ready Grant money. Uh, so how's that been used? And then how do you, how are you preparing yourself for Ready 2.0? So the, yeah, you're correct. We got 30 million as a region. So our region is uh, the South Central Talent Region, Seymour, um, Jackson County as a whole, Jennings County and uh, Bartholomew County are all together. Um, really split up pretty evenly when it came to population compared to dollar investments. As far as what we've uh, seen already, we have a new industrial maintenance program that's getting ready to launch at our learning center. Uh, should see that in the next month take off. I know the equipment's getting delivered really soon and we're all excited for that. But it was also a chance for us to bring in Vincennes University as a new partner to the area. Um, you know, we work with Ivy Tech based out of Columbus, um, you know, is the nearest campus for them. Great chance, uh, had been a wonderful relationship there. But as they come in, uh, Vincennes had a program that seemed to work really well with the industry. Um, as everybody knows, with Ready, you've got 20% Ready funds, 20% local, uh, and then 60% uh, private sector investment is theoretically how the breakdown should work. 
Um, obviously, it can vary a little bit depending on what the project is. Um, but in that, you know, our, our industry, Cummins, Ison, Pet Supplies Plus, um, and I'm going to miss somebody, so my apologies on that part, but uh, everybody stepped up and they made sure to get seats at the table for this program um, right out of the gate. Uh, so we, we've got the, the instructors hired, the lab equipment is about to show up, all the fun stuff is getting ready to launch there. Um, other projects, though, we seem to have spent uh, a lot of energy when it comes to education. Uh, new projects at our uh, agriculture center with the Seymour High School uh, was one of the one of the five that made it through. Um, Union Town's got a new sewer project they're exploring. That's just outside of the city of Seymour, uh, a few miles to the south if you're on the interstate. Uh, the hospital had a project that came out of Ready. Um, I always forget somebody. Um, Yep, can't remember it at the moment. When I come up with it later, it won't matter. Uh, but there's there's the ones that really have hit Seymour's uh, doorstep. When it comes to Ready2, um, I'm excited because we're getting away from the federal funding piece, getting yep. it into the local funding aspect or the state funding aspect. Um, to me, that's going to probably clean up the process a little bit. Uh, anybody that's been out into the weeds of Ready1 understands exactly what I just said. Um, it yep. has been It's been a struggle from time to time. But with Ready2, I think that's going to get better. We've sat down. We've got about 17 million worth of projects that we're hoping to get accomplished um, through the, the Ready2 process. Um, just a little bit of everything. We've been watching the guidelines, watching the recommendations just this morning, read through the, the frequently asked questions to see if anything had really changed compared to what we'd heard a few weeks ago. But as a region, we've been sitting down trying to get those conversations started, making sure that we're uh, ready, all puns intended there, for ready to, to to launch here. Yeah, I just continue to be amazed at the impact of this program statewide. You know, when I talk about it at my national meetings with colleagues from around the country that have jobs like mine in other states, their mouths are open that, you know, we have a program with our state that's putting significant resources into quality of place type projects. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Last, uh, last question for you, Mayor. Thanks again for joining the Hometown Innovations podcast here. We do a, also do a, a magazine, a digital magazine um, that really focuses on quality of place or unique programs in cities and towns around the state. It's called the Hometown Innovations Magazine. Seymour was focused uh, on one of the stories recently. Uh, in that story, we talked about a new way you're telling the story of Seymour, the Seymour Mystery Series. Uh, mm -hmm. What's that all about and, and what's that mean? So uh, my staff loves it when I come in after a long weekend because I randomly throw things at the wall to see what sticks. Um, and that's where that grew from. As a, we were out on a weekend. We got to chatting about some of the history of Seymour. Uh, so the last year, this year, I guess it's this year, we launched the, the mystery series. We've done it twice this year. Both of them focused on different pieces of our history. Um, chances, basically, though, uh, you know, as a kid, I remember getting... Uh, mail from, you know, grandpa and grandma or whoever and being excited because there was mail in the mailbox for me, you know, right. not just bills for mom and dad. So uh, basically we've got to, you sign up, you register, we mail your child a, uh, a letter. Uh, we let you know beforehand though, you know, that way <laughs> you're prepared. Uh, but we mail them a letter that's got clues, gives you places to go find around Seymour, leads ultimately to one piece of history. Uh, we've done two now. 
Um, I'm not going to give away what both of them were, but uh, they're, they're probably our two biggest highlights when it comes to history. So I'll be curious to see how next year's pans out. Um, but in those, it has been an absolute blast. Uh, within a day of the first one, we had over 100 people signed up to participate. Um, so then when we mailed everything out, we got our interns involved, uh, bought some old looking paper to do the, uh, the letters on, just had an absolute blast with it. Got tons of pictures back from everybody um, and even discovered that most folks weren't even worried about the small prizes at the end of the project. Um, they were just excited because mom and dad learned things about Seymour along the way. Um, you know, learned a, a lot about, you know, how does Elvis fit into the city of Seymour? Um, I've been sitting here the whole time trying to figure out how not to give that one away, but still give a reference that make you walk away going, well, how does Elvis fit in? Um, so go out there and scour the Elvis movies and you'll discover something Seymour history related All right. Uh, All right. in one of his uh, early movies. So a uh, lot of fun, though. Um, huge credit. And I got to give all the credit to my staff on this one. Uh, Jane Hayes, my administrative assistant, has done a spectacular job um, writing these. When we first talked about it, it was like, OK, somebody's got to come up with the clues. Um, she has done a wonderful job turning this into what it is. Uh, and like I said, I, you know, I'll walk in on that Monday morning and throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And, and my staff has done a spectacular job over the last uh, 46 months now of grabbing those items off the wall and making amazing things happen. That's really cool. I love the uh, obscure history of Indiana's cities and towns. In fact, no one in the office will ride with me anymore because I always take the the uh, least direct route in my travels around the state to see what I can learn about communities. So that's a really cool, cool project. Mayor, uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. You've been fantastic. Uh, keep up the great work in Seymour. Um, really excited that you're going to be around for at least another four years running the city and uh, happy to work with you on a number of things over the, the, the next four years as well. Thanks again. Thank you guys for having me.